Hello, my name is Richard Oberhelman, and I'm a professor at the Tulane School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine and the director of the Tulane Office of Global Health. I'm also a physician and a pediatric infectious disease specialist. A lot of people are concerned about coronavirus right now and confused by all the information that's coming in really fast and furious and not sure what to do for themselves and their families. My goal here is to offer some suggestions that may help you feel better prepared as that situation continues to unfold. This podcast is intended to help people sort through the information that you're getting and get a better handle on how it can impact you, what to do to protect yourself, and what to do if you're concerned about infection. The public health measures that are recommended require some significant changes in behavior and some limitations on our daily activities. But the good news is that these measures seem to work. When they've been used, they slow down the virus in places where they've been supported by community leaders and where they've been adopted by large numbers of people. Coronaviruses are a large family of viruses. Some cause illness in people and others, like canine and feline, coronaviruses only affect animals. Rarely, coronaviruses that affect animals have also jumped to infect people and can spread between people. This is suspected to have occurred for this virus that causes COVID-19. There are many types of coronaviruses that commonly cause mild upper respiratory tract infections like colds. COVID-19, which is the disease caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus, is a new disease caused by a new or novel coronavirus that's not been previously seen in humans. On February 11th of 2020, the World Health Organization announced the new name for this disease causing the 2019 novel coronavirus outbreak. This disease was first identified in Wuhan, China. The new name for this disease is Coronavirus Disease 2019, which is abbreviated as COVID-19. In COVID-19, the CO stands for Corona, the VI for virus, and the D for disease. So why is coronavirus more serious than influenza or flu that we see every year? Why are we going to all these extreme measures when we don't do all of that for flu? Well, while flu is serious and many people get sick from flu every year, there are several important differences that make coronavirus a far more serious health threat. First, coronavirus infection appears to be more contagious although we are still learning more about the virus every day since this is a new disease. The number of cases of infectious diseases that spread from person to person, which is also called the infection rate, goes up in a community if persons who were infected spread the infection to more than one other person. So during flu epidemics, each person who is infected spreads the infection to about 1.3 others. Of course, you can't be 0.3 person. So if you break that down, what that means is that every 10 people with flu statistically will spread it to 13 others who will catch the flu from those 10 people. Coronavirus is more contagious than flu, and each person who's infected spreads the infection to two or more people besides themselves. That means that for every 10 people with coronavirus, around 20 others will catch coronavirus from these 10 people. 
While the difference between 1.3 and 2.0 may not sound like much, it's enough to make the infection rate much greater for coronavirus. Second, flu is spread mostly by people who are sick with the flu. So people around them can tell that they're sick and try to stay away. With coronavirus, many people who are infected don't get very sick, but they are still contagious and they spread the infection to other people. People who get sick from coronavirus can also spread the infection for several days before they get sick, which is why our public health agencies are strongly suggesting that we use social distancing and improved hygiene to reduce the spread of disease. Third, while many people have only mild symptoms from coronavirus, overall it causes more severe disease and much higher death rates than flu. In a typical flu season, about 1% of patients, that means one out of every 100 patients, requires hospitalization, and about 0.1% of patients die from the flu. That is about one out of every 1,000 cases. While the numbers for coronavirus vary from country to country, it appears that somewhere between 15 and 20% of patients who develop illness from coronavirus require hospitalization, and about 5% of people with coronavirus require intensive care. The overall mortality rate, or the risk of dying from infection, is around 2%, or 20 out of every 1,000 cases. But it varies a lot by age group. And it also really is based on those cases that we can confirm are coronavirus, which we're now learning are not all of the cases. In China, we found that it varied a lot by age. The death rate was less than 1% under age 50, about 1% for people in their 50s, about 3.6% for people in their 60s, 8% for people in their 70s, and almost 15% for people in their 80s. The severity of the disease and the risk of death from the disease goes way up with age, even though most people, even in the older age groups, do not die from the disease. So keep that in mind. If the death rate for persons in their 80s is 15%, that means that 85% of people in that age group do not die from the disease. So we have to look at these statistics with all those different parameters or all those different ideas in mind. So how do people with coronavirus spread the infection to other people? The main way is through respiratory secretions, uh, the secretions from your nose, from your throat, from coughing, sneezing, or even from heavy breathing. The second way is by objects that are contaminated with viruses usually due to the presence of virus on the hands of people who have coronavirus infection. So how does it get on the hands? Even people with coronavirus who are not ill can carry the virus in their nose and throat. So if you touch your nose or touch your mouth with your hands, which we all do from time to time, and then touch an object like a glass of water, the virus can be transmitted to people who pick up that glass. And then if they touch their mouth, they can become infected. So if you come in contact with a person who is sick with coronavirus and get infected, do you become ill right away? No, you do not become ill from it right away. The average time from when you get infected, i.e. when you encounter the virus and it gets into your body, 
to when you become sick is about five days, but it can be up to 14 days. So this is what doctors call the incubation period. And it's important because we use that information in designing our disease control programs. So there are guidelines for infection control or what we sometimes call social distancing guidelines that are recommended by CDC and public health agencies. And these are designed to reduce the spread of coronavirus, to prevent the spread from respiratory secretions in the nose and mouth. They recommend keeping six feet space between yourself and other people. And some recommend using masks if you're in public places or you think you may come in contact with sick people. So to prevent spread from contaminated objects, they recommend wearing gloves and possibly masks as well in places like grocery stores and frequent hand washing after you come in contact with high-touch objects like grocery carts or credit card machines. Also, staying at home and limiting the number of times you go out in public to only a small number of essential trips will greatly reduce your risk of infection. So we recommend that you try to consolidate your trips away from home for groceries, pharmacy items, banking, things like that to the minimum and do what you can do online. Other recommended measures include not touching your face with your hands, coughing or sneezing into a tissue or into your bent arm and not into your hand, cleaning and disinfecting commonly touched surfaces frequently, and staying away from people who appear ill. If you make a plan to add all of these activities to your daily routine, you'll be doing a lot to keep yourself well and uninfected. So what are the symptoms of coronavirus infection? For people who get sick from it, the most common symptoms are fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Other symptoms include a sore throat or loss of the sense of smell, especially the beginning of the illness, the sore throat and loss of sense of smell, and occasionally diarrhea. If you become ill or you think you may be ill from coronavirus, first don't panic. Remember that the majority of people only have mild or moderate disease and don't require hospitalization. Regardless, if you get sick, it's important to call your doctor or your local health department hotline, especially if you don't have a regular doctor, right away so that they can decide if you need testing and if you need to go to a hospital. Many patients with mild symptoms that could be coronavirus are not tested, and their doctors may recommend that they just stay home and isolate themselves from others until they are well. Even if your health department does not recommend testing, anyone who is sick needs to stay home and isolate themselves as much as possible from people in the household to keep others from being sick. CDC and local health departments have good guidelines for this. They cover essential things like staying in a separate room when possible, having patient and family members wear masks when they're in the same room together, both the patient and the family member, and staying as far apart as possible, frequent hand washing and discarding or washing items used by the person who is sick. Now, these are temporary moves, but they're important to try to limit the spread of coronavirus between family members. However, some people who are sicker or who have medical conditions that put them at higher risk will be candidates for testing or for a medical evaluation in the hospital. 
So how is testing done? Testing for coronavirus at the present time is done by placing a cotton tip swab pretty far back in the nose to collect nasal secretions and then sending it to a lab to detect the presence of coronavirus genes or the genetic material that is a marker that coronavirus is in the specimen. This modern test method is called PCR, and it takes one to six hours to run, depending on the type of test. But the time needed to get your test results will certainly be longer than one to six hours, and will depend on where the test is done in your area and the capacity of the lab to handle the number of tests they receive. Patients who might be recommended for testing include older patients or people living with others who have positive tests or people who have chronic health problems such as heart disease, diabetes, chronic lung diseases, obesity, or suppressed immunity for any reason. But regardless of whether you're tested or not, if you are sick, then you should use all the social distancing practices at home to isolate yourself from others in the household until you are well to keep others from getting infected. People with severe symptoms should call 911 and be taken to a hospital for medical care. There are some warning signs that would signal a need for urgent medical care. These include serious trouble breathing, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, new confusion, or inability to be aroused, or bluish lips or face. Any signs like this or any other signs that you think are particularly alarming should be a trigger for you to go and get a medical evaluation very quickly. So part of the public health plan to control the coronavirus epidemic includes what we call contact tracing. When a person is confirmed to have coronavirus infection, because they have a positive test, it's important to contact people who have been together with that person who was ill during the last two weeks, since they could have become infected from this encounter. In most cases, your local public health department will do this for you. If you find out that you were recently in contact with a coronavirus patient, it's important to contact your physician or your public health program to see what they recommend. Since it will depend on the type of contact and how long you had contact when they could have been contagious. Some contacts will be advised just to monitor their temperature and be especially watchful for symptoms, in addition to doing the usual recommended social distancing that we're all supposed to do right now, while others with prolonged contact may be advised to isolate themselves for a period of time in case they come down with coronavirus just in order to prevent spreading the infection before they become sick. So in summary, I hope this information has been helpful. It's really heartening and reassuring to see that many communities are coming together, adopting measures that are successfully slowing the spread of coronavirus. Knowledge is power, and working together, we can all be safer and get through this challenging situation.